This is the world's greatest Springsteen podcast with Fisherman and Tom. How you doing, Tom? Okay, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We were kind of once again expecting Maddie today, but uh, maybe he'll show up later in the uh, in the podcast because he's not here now. Although what I want to talk about straight up is this past week, in fact, I think as recently as yesterday, they released the Canadian rescheduled dates. And I know that Maddie is not happy that the first date, the first rescheduled date, which is Montreal, that is not until Halloween 2024, a full year, 54 weeks from right now before the first Canadian show. And then Vancouver is November 22nd. I don't know Canada, but I think he was planning on going to the first four. Montreal. I don't know that they were the first four on the original dates, but I think that the Montreal, Toronto, Toronto, Ottawa are all Eastern Canada. And that is where he is, Eastern Canada. Um, So he'll be going the beginning of November. The Halloween in the beginning of November, but uh, he said that uh, he's going to push to get that trans that passport. He can't wait a year. He's going to push to get the passport and plan a Vegas vacation surrounding the Phoenix show and go with me to the Phoenix show. And he's going to come out here and visit Vegas and hopefully see the Sphere, see what kind of dates happen at the Sphere for March, and. Uh, so we were going to talk about that, but he's not here. You see uh, any of the Canadian dates you plan on going to, Tom? No. Well, maybe you can join us in Vegas and Phoenix. He might add to that. I won't. I'm just going to go to Phoenix, but he might add San Diego and L.A. And I'm kind of hoping there's like I like I put up on the screen because I didn't realize it when we were recording, but I put it up on the screen on our last show. There is this wide open date between phoenix and san diego he's ta- he's got his two nights off between but there's six nights off between phoenix and san diego and it just feels like march 22nd the middle day two days off march 22nd two days off san diego there's room for a west coast show in in a city with a, a two brand new venues he's not going to play the sphere but he could easily play the stadium or T-Mobile Arena. And uh, so we could, I think we could see a Vegas show on March 22nd. Why Why do you say he won't play the Sphere? Uh, the Sphere is a whole thing with the video screens and everything. You know, Bruce comes in with his own stage and he comes in with his own video equipment and he does his standard show. You 2 designed a show for the Sphere. The next one up, I think, is supposed to be Harry Styles. There's a rumor that that Fish is going to do eight nights there in April. And their show, I'm sure, will be different every night, but they'll do something visually crazy uh, with that screen. And Bruce is not going to adapt his show for one night. And they're not going to do one-night stands at the Sphere for a long time to come, I think. It's all... The residencies shows that are designed to take advantage of that big screen. That's why there's 25 U2 shows and rumor that they're going to add more. And Harry Styles is something like 20 some shows they're planning. They haven't released dates for yet, but they've said he'll be the next show there. Uh, You know, I, I fish. They're a different beast. Who knows what they have planned for their short run eight, eight nights it'll be different every night where every other show at the sphere is going to be pretty close to the same every night because it's like like a roger water show it's going to be coordinated with the video and uh but uh i think fish will figure out a way to do because they don't play the same show every night ever ever so you think any other dates will be added to this show uh to this tour Uh that that november that march 22nd sure looks appealing for vegas it just seems to make sense i i guess i'm probably just dreaming but uh it, it sure makes sense other than that the rumors of europe there's it's wide open from mid april through mid august that he could tour in the summer in uh anywhere but 
they were there was rumor that there were word dates already set for Europe, so I could see that happening. Will I don't see any room except for that one weird six days off in between the very first return show and the second return show. There's six days off, and I think it's because they didn't want to announce a new show with the with the rescheduled dates. But I think we could get a Vegas show. It just makes sense. It's on his way. If you're going from Phoenix to San Diego, you're going to go through Vegas. And do you think this tour, once it starts up, since it's about six months away, I would say, do you think it's going to still be the same tour or a new, some kind of new tour? No, it's going to be, it's this tour. The new dates are on the same poster. Whether or not, you know, the weird thing is the very last show. And I'm in the middle of making a video of it. So I'm getting to know the very last show. The very last show was more along the lines of what people have expected from this tour that they didn't get. There's like, you know, six or seven different songs that are rare on this tour. They Only one was a tour premiere. Every other song had been played. Atlantic City was played every night in uh, in, in New Jersey on that run. But it hadn't been played from aside from Cleveland, I think, at all. And uh, so it was played at Cleveland and then not at all. And then three nights at, uh, and they did, and he did Spirit of the Night two nights. So was he starting to open up or was he making more, you know, because it was a three night stand. There's not going to be any more three night stands. There's a couple two night stands. Who knows? I'm not going to guess. We're going to go and he's going to play whatever it is and we're going to enjoy it. So, once again, Maddie was unable to make it to the recording of this show. But uh, uh, Sunday afternoon, I was able to get together with Maddie and record this little uh, interview about the Canadian dates. I didn't want to leave him out of the discussion on the Canadian dates because he's the one who's affected by it the most. You know, he you were going to go to four of these original Canada shows, right? That was that was the plan. I was going to do two Toronto and Montreal and Ottawa, which originally they were reversed. Uh, the way they're scheduled now, they were reversed at the time and kind of made sense. But I don't know. Were they all grouped like like this? Were they was it like a like a, a 10 day span or something? Um, Tighter because of now that they're rescheduled, now they're. There's three days three between, right? Three days right, between makes right. it a lot harder when they're all grouped like that. Right. I mean, just to um, be in Toronto for four nights to see two shows, that's, you know, that's added expense. It's time away from work. That's the thing. And I like, you know, seeing the new dates and everything. Um, well, we'll get into that in a few minutes, but I've got a plan. But uh, at the time, it would have been two nights apart so what i had planned to do was go to toronto um do the do the two shows and it's easy to do that in between but now it's oh like do you do that or do i drive back which is only it's only a five-hour drive to toronto but again that gets a bit grueling and there's that you know the work thing there's the everything Right. Chances um, are you're not going to add 10 hours of driving. You're either going to go, yeah. you're going to stay in Toronto for both shows and have that long four day trip, or yeah. you're going to go to one night in Toronto and drive home and not, you're not going to go back and forth. I've done that. That's brutal. Yeah. That's right. And that's, and what I said before was my kind of plan was it was definitely going to be one Toronto date um, because I, my whole thing is I, I want to get back to do the GA line for Ottawa. Um, as I said, they're reversed now. It, it was going to be the two Toronto shows, then Ottawa, then Montreal, uh, which are East Canada shows. So that would have made sense. That would have been easy to do. This, though, it's a little different. Um, he's going the opposite way this time. He's going East first and heading progressively west so it's going to be a different haul um 
But I mean, I, just to preempt your question, I, Friday, I was just shattered. I, I couldn't believe what was happening. Like, the, oh, no, no. How could this be? Um, well, not just the separation of shows by an extra day, but that it's so it's far away. It's over year. a year. It's over it's a, a year. It's a fucking year away. <laughs> That first mean, show. That first show is Halloween <laughs> next year. We haven't had Halloween this year yet. I mean, how could it be? But actually, if you don't mind, just move your head just a bit because I want to. Yeah. Okay. So it's Montreal, Toronto, Toronto, Ottawa, which seems bizarre because Montreal and Ottawa are two hours apart, whereas the two Toronto shows. But again, I'm in Ottawa, so I'm. You know, I'm only talking from my standpoint. Um, it, it, it's it's it, it's strange scheduling. It's but I mean, those guys obviously they're they fly well, all over the hockey. world. So. I hear hockey's fairly big in yeah. Canada. I'm sure the all three of those buildings are <laughs> hockey buildings, and March is hockey time. So you got to believe that you know some of it is about convenient travel. Yeah. But a lot of it is about available dates. And obviously, this three nights, two nights off in between is a thing because every new show added has at least two nights in between. And that yeah. has to, that must come from the Bruce camp. He one needs an extra day off. Yeah. And so they're spacing them out. So that, that caveat makes it even harder to schedule with buildings and against you know you got your hockey you got your ringland brothers and barnum and bailey you got your other acts that come through town you know these buildings they're not just you know empty and waiting for bruce to come they're constantly being used by something so the schedule yeah it and that's the thing like all eight cities on that canadian tour are their hockey arenas that he's playing in. So I'm, I'm amazed that I didn't figure that out previously. But uh, when you look at it now, it's like, oh, well, how could they? They couldn't book them any other time, especially for that late. I mean, obviously, they want to put everything together. But um, so to do that month or it, close to a month, basically, in, in Canada, uh, they had to put it off until next year um, before hockey dates were scheduled. I mean, they, they it had to be before the NHL. They've booked this, and they're in now. Um, NHL won't be until next year. So, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. Some people say hockey's important up here. I've heard that. Yeah. It's only, it's only important in one city as far as I'm concerned, but. I know it's important in Toronto. That's the Maple Leafs building, right? Ah, uh, no, they don't exist. <clears throat> that's don't where, he, that's where he's them. playing, right? He's playing in the Toronto he Maple Leafs building. And yeah. their schedule for 2024 is crucial to yeah. whether and what two nights he can play. Yeah. Uh, so I put up the U.S. dates because, uh, you know, we started talking, you know, you can't be forced to wait a year. And <laughs> some people might know who, who listen to the show, but Maddie tried to meet me in Detroit. Neither one of us made it to Detroit, uh, but he was going to meet me in Detroit. He uh, went and set up the, he filled out the application for a passport because you need a passport to cross the Canadian American border these days. And uh, he went to get a passport and just, it never showed up. It's like, mm -hmm. he's got nothing blocking him. He hasn't been denied one. It just never showed up. And he waited and he kept checking the mail and it never showed up. And I ended up not, I would have disappointed you because I never, I never made it to Detroit, but uh, so maybe things all work out for a reason. He is determined to get the passport now because he can't wait. You can't wait until Halloween 2024 to finally see this tour. Right? No. Um, as I said, my, <laughs> depression my anger everything my anxiety I, I was just so upset friday and i can't believe this and you you brought it up this is probably the third or fourth time you've cured me of my depression and anger <laughs> on a number of different things but you brought it up and it it 
made so much sense. Like, go to Vegas, and then we'll fly together to Phoenix and see the show. But, the first show. First I mean, show back so The far. first show. So far, the they haven't show. added anything before Phoenix, March 19th. Yeah. And uh, I was like, hey, man, find a deal. Find an mm-hmm. air deal to Vegas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can find a deal to Phoenix, but if you find a deal to Vegas, there's cheap tickets. We'll fly to Phoenix on the 19th. We'll see the show. We'll fly back to Vegas on the 20th. Spend some days in Vegas. You got some friends in town and lots of entertainment. And rumor that you too is going to extend this fear thing. There's a strong rumor for January. And then there's my own personal hopes that they go even further into March and could line up with this Phoenix March 19th show. And the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, and uh, when we recorded last week, I hadn't even noticed this yet. I uh, I threw it up on the screen, but we didn't talk about it. If you listen to this podcast, you're hearing this for the first time. Uh, March 19th, let me go ahead and uh, actually put this up on the screen. Um, yeah. There is a lot of space there, and there's a lot of really sweet geography in there that this could happen. So, right there's six days that first show back is Phoenix on March 19th, but then the next show is San Diego and it's not until March 25th. That is six nights, that's five nights off. And I don't know if there's going to be five nights off because what they could do is have two nights off and then play on the 22nd and then still have two nights off and then play on the 25th, uh, in San Diego. So where, if you're in Phoenix and you're going to San Diego, where do you play on the 22nd? And I'm thinking it's got to be Vegas. And I've heard no rumors. I've heard nothing, no talk, no scuttlebutt. But I know that I know that the Golden Knights play in the arena the night before the 22nd, and they don't play on the 22nd. And what I didn't do is check the actual – I checked the Golden Knights schedule – but I didn't have the foresight to check just the building schedule to see if there's anything already scheduled for March 22nd. We also have a stadium, but I don't think he's going to be breaking out the stadium stage in March. You know, there's some stadiums in August. I don't think he's going to, they're just going to pull out the stadium set up for one off show on March 22nd and then back to arenas. I think that there's a chance he could play T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas on March 22nd. And if you two could extend into March, and they, although their first week they played kind of different, they did Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, the rest of the weeks on the schedule, I think, are all Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Wednesday every week. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And, uh, and if that's the case, Bruce is in Phoenix on Tuesday. So we could do Tuesday, Bruce in Phoenix, Wednesday, you two in uh in Vegas, and then Thursday, the Golden Knights in Vegas, and Friday, Bruce in Vegas, because that's that open date, the 22nd, and then you could go home on Saturday. That would be the ideal trip, but we need a lot of ifs to come true on that. There's a lot of ifs, but the thought of that is just mind-blowing. And say only three... Say only two of those things worked out, it would be trip of a lifetime for me. Well, the but, guarantee is Phoenix. You come in yeah. and you can do yeah, Phoenix. Yeah. I yeah. don't know that U2 is going to extend into March. I don't know that Bruce is actually going to announce a no. Vegas show. No. Uh, but you can come to Vegas. We can hang out and we can go to Phoenix and see that show. You know, the other side of it, we didn't really look at this, is you could come to Vegas like about a week later and go to LA with me instead of Phoenix. There's two shows in LA, but again, that's expensive to stay in LA and it's three nights or two nights in between. And, uh, but in LA there's movie stars. So you could get in the pit and hang out, rub, rub noses with like Leo DiCaprio and shit. So there's that too. We have a lot to talk about and uh, we'll keep our options open for the time being. Keep watching for deals uh Aaron, phoenix uh, is easy phoenix is easy my brother lives in phoenix it's probably gonna be the cheaper ticket and uh but there's something appealing about you know going to hollywood to see bruce springsteen 
Ah, oh, fuck that. You're the movie star. <laughs> I mean, you're the one that counts. That's all that matters. All right. All right. Uh, and we were going to talk about Sons of Anarchy on today's show, but uh, I, uh, me and Tom talked a little bit about it. And uh, what we mostly talked about is how we want to do a show where we really talk about that series in depth with all three of us, because uh, now we've all seen it. You know, Tom, when it originally aired, you when it originally aired, and I guess a few times all the way through since, right? <laughs> it's frightening. I, I still watch episodes. I, I have that IPTV thing, and there's a 24-hour uh, Sons of Anarchy channel, and I don't know. I come home from work some nights, and that's what goes well, more than some nights. It's mostly every night. It ends up being the one that I'm watching. And, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it, it great show. Um, I'll just tell you a quick, really quick, and the the final episode i don't know spoiler alert but uh it starts with adam raised the cane when that came out i mean i i i don't think i was emotional but i was just what the fuck is this i was just blown away and that it was the fact that it was from the from the actual album it was the actual album version and it was you could tell that it was the uh, the remastered version. You can hear it when you listen to that and when you see it. I mean, you wouldn't believe what I felt when that happened. It was just crazy. And people, I mean, I was on Twitter. I, I don't I think it was Twitter back then. But uh, people that know my Springsteen affliction, and my Sons of Anarchy affliction, they're all hitting me going, what was that? Can you believe that? Was that actually him? That wasn't a cover? Because, you know, in that show, all the music was basically covers. There were some that were actual, unless it was like an unsigned, uh, or not unsigned, but um, it, it, I mean, it, it, if, if they played some Stone songs, they played some Dylan but a lot I noticed those, there were a lot of covers. I th I think I heard Nick they were. Cave. Did I hear Nick Cave doing Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes, you did. You, oh, no, you know who that was? No, who it was, was it? Katie Segal. And Katie Segal did most of those covers. Like really? Anytime... That I didn't know. That was, yeah. I thought it was Nick Cave. <laughs> no, man, that was Gemma. Gemma was doing the covers. If, if you listen, well, I know you're going to go back. You're going to watch again because we all do, but when you do, you'll hear it. You'll hear the voice and like, holy shit, that is Gemma. She's singing those songs. And when it was actually him, it, and I was like, oh, how could they do that? How could, how could he, Bruce must have signed off on that or somebody signed off on that. They gave him the rights for that, which again, mind blowing, like as if. So you got to think. I mean, he likes maybe bikes. Bruce. Maybe Bruce is a big Sons of Anarchy fan. Hey, he likes bikes. Maybe he was watching the show with us and just said, "You know what? I got something that might tie into that." I started watching this show with Jax, and he's got an Australian accent. Is that his real? Is his real voice? Is he British. really Australian? He's British. He's British. Yeah, he's British. Yeah, it's and again when you go back and watch. For seven, eight, nine times again, over and over and over, you hear certain pronunciations, and you're like, "Man, he was, he was covering that. He was trying, but that's not a that's not a SoCal accent that he has. He's got an accent, and he was, he did well, but you can tell." All right. Well, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day today. I know you got to get back to. Well, you're off on Sundays, you said. Not necessarily, but today <laughs> I actually I'm not going near the place. I actually awesome. have tickets for the Senators game tonight, which uh, I haven't been to a game here in six years. So tonight's going to be a fun one. Awesome. Well, we'll get you on your way to your game. I appreciate you making time to do this, and uh, hopefully we'll get you back on to the full show with Tom. We'll talk full out Sons of Anarchy. I told you last night in the chat of the concert, I have some real issues with the final two episodes and uh <laughs> and uh a lot of you know that the move that show kept me coming back it was edgier see i couldn't wait to watch the rest of the next episode i loved every minute of it 
I don't want any illusions that I didn't think it was so silly. I mean, it was ultra violent <laughs> and crazy and exciting, yeah. but it was so. And I, you know, my favorite show is Breaking Bad, so I really can't bust it <clears> too <throat> much because Breaking Bad is also very silly. But uh, I don't. Think, I, love- I don't think as silly as Sons of Anarchy was. Just it. It took steps into the absurd. Every cop in town is on either on the take or at least sympathetic to how these murderers keep. They keep charming very charming charming is charming because of these horrible murderous criminals that run our streets it was it was beirut in the 80s half the time there was the machine gun wars out in the streets and machine guns nobody up shit and, and adam every... arkin adam arkin is the jewish nazi yeah oh wow was that wild or what yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. oh man we should do a just a total podcast of that i mean we well, I don't know about a whole podcast, but we'll do an episode. The world's greatest <laughs> Springsteen podcast looks at Sons of Anarchy and the connection. <laughs> yeah. The connection is that one, you know, because of that scene with the Bruce song that mm-hmm. led me. I was aware of the show. I had never really given it a chance. I never watched it. And you both, you know, were talking about how much <laughs> you enjoyed it. And I was like, all right, you know. I'm looking for something to watch. So I, I, and, and where you took you guys seven years to watch, I watched it all in about six weeks. And uh, it's a different experience when you don't have to wait for the next episode. When a, when a cliffhanger doesn't, you know, hurt, you know, when an end of an episode comes up, you know, even when you're binging and then an episode ends, you're still like, but I hate waiting. And now I got to wait another year for a concert. No, I'm going to have to go to Vegas. All right, well, we'll see you in Vegas. We'll do Phoenix. Hopefully, you two will fall in line, and and Springsteen will add. Why is that date open? Why does he have six nights off between the first show and the second show? Got to be, right? They didn't want to announce new shows until later. They're not ready to announce the new shows, but they wanted to get those rescheduled dates out, and that's got to be Vegas, right? It's got to be Vegas. Aaron, I normally don't even buy into shit when I hear it, but this is just it, it makes so much sense i think we're gonna get it i'm nobody's saying it. i'm the only one who's saying i it. know that no, uh, no, no, if no, it no. comes true there'll be that too people will start listening no, no, to this no, show no, right no, no when well yeah obviously but when uh when you hear the rumors when you hear somebody say something about something and you're like well yeah you never know and that you know there's somebody that goes on about tracks too eight times a day and you don't hear that but when I hear this and when I look up those dates and everything makes sense, Aaron, it's going to happen. We should start a hashtag Springsteen Vegas, March 22. Uh, totally. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, it'll be three minutes from now and I'll have it on there. All right. All right. Send it to me and I'll retweet it. All re-exit. Right. I'll re-exit. Perfect. Not, I'm not, I'm not behind the, the transformation of Twitter to X. No, I don't even know what that is. all right it's good to talk to you matt i will be in touch and thanks for doing this okay hi to tom they came back they came back with a a new episode of uh it's been over a year i guess since the last from my home to yours and it was very it was very similar to the old show except for i don't recall him having too many guests on the old show uh, there might have been a couple times. I know Stevie was on once with him, and uh, you know, I get it confused because he did a series of radio shows during that period when he was doing From My Home to Yours. He did a series to promote Letter to You, where he talked to Eddie Vedder and he talked to uh, uh, the guy from the Killers and he talked to the guy from the Foo Fighters, and uh, and I sometimes I get that confused, but I think I think he talked to Steve on both. I think he did a letter to you show with Steve, and I think he also did a from my home to yours with Steve. But I got I don't know. I got the worst memory. I shouldn't talk about old things. But yeah, this was a very much aside from there was a lot the way I like it. A lot more Bruce, a lot more chatter. He was reminiscing with old friends. I really liked it. The music was good. That's you know, and the Beatles and Stones was most of it, right? And uh Secret Agent Man. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. It was it was uh 
I didn't expect to like the music. I thought it would be a lot of stuff. I didn't because it, which is what he normally does. He plays songs we don't really know and of bands I've never heard of, but I knew pretty much every song and they were great. I love the Beatles and the Stones. And the How about animal. the last song? Did you catch the last song? Well, I heard the whole show. So, yeah. Well, the last song was the Castiles. And I, and well, yeah. was it you something can't. that we have already or was it something it's new? Funny. Yeah, it was it's on um I should have it right here because we we just talked about it. Um it's from the it's from the CD um that he put out um chapter and verse and it's it's on there. So remember they put they did baby eye they did well and was the other one he's guilty? The, I think he's guilty, yeah. So the one he played at the end of the show was you can't judge a book by its cover. And I'm pretty sure that that's on chapter and verse, but I could be wrong. It might um, be. It might be because I'm not well versed with that album, but it doesn't it didn't sound familiar. And the title doesn't sound familiar. And I don't think there were three Castile songs. Chapter and verse only had five songs that had never been released before. And they weren't all Castiles. I don't know that there were three Castile songs. There was a. Okay, I've got it. I've got it here. I found it. He's got it. Um, yeah, here it is. The second song. You can't judge a book by its cover by the Castiles. Uh, it starts with Baby Eye by the Castiles. The third song is He's Guilty, which is by Steel Mill. So that those are the only two songs by the Castiles. What's funny is he he gets the name wrong of his own song. He 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 announces the name of the song as you can't judge a book that's what he calls it now the song is called you can't judge a book by its cover is there any the cover is there any parentheses around the cover no it's you can't judge a book by the cover and he he calls it you can't judge a book so maybe he just i don't know if he if he prefers that title or Or what he was reading was cut off or if (laughs) the producer cut him off because somebody coughed i don't know but that was, uh, a, good, that was a nice treat that was that was nice good episode i don't know if it means he's going to be coming back he was only doing he was doing it every third week for a, a while i don't know if he's gonna be back in three more weeks or if this was a special i think see if you notice they talked about and at the end he also talked about canceled dates and stuff we'll talk about that in a second but uh, at the beginning, he talked about how he was in a band with some of these guys called the Pogues, and it was his first band. Called the, the what? Po- Not the Pogues. What was it? What were they called? Rogues. The Rogues. Right. The Pogues was like an Irish band, right? That's a real band, the Pogues. All right. So the Rogues, uh, that he was in this band, and then it was his first band. But we've been watching shows now for a year or at least nine months. And uh, he's been telling this story where he says his first band was the Castiles. And I had never heard of the Rogues. I had heard of the Castiles, and I tended to believe him. It was 1965. I was 15 years old, right? You know that story. We've heard that story over and over and over again. And now he's telling this story where his first band is the Rogues. And, uh, and... It turns out, like I said, I'm working on Matt Life 3. And Matt Life 3, all of a sudden, the story is I joined the Castiles were my first real rock and roll band. I was in another one before it, but they kicked me out. And he tells the story of them kicking him out because his guitar was too cheap. They found somebody with like better equipment and they kicked Bruce out of uh out of the robes that was on the on the radio show but i have this just you know i I completely made this up in my head but i think it went something like this he ran into one of the guys from the rogues and they said why are you telling everybody that your first band was the castiles and he said i'll make it up to you we'll do a radio show at my house we'll tell them the whole story and i We'll change the story in concert. What happened that after a year, the Castiles were first, the first band, and now he just slips in. I was in another one before that. You don't, there isn't one before first. 
well, I, I think he knows that he was in a band before the Castiles. I don't, I don't think he has dementia. I think uh, he wrote an entire album dedicated to uh, being in being the last man standing in the Castiles and George Thies dying. And I think it just fit the narrative that in the when he talked about it in concert that this was his first band. And, um, so I, what made him bring up the prior band? at the MetLife concerts. Is it because they were there? Maybe because they were there. Well, I just think it's what happened and it's not uh, a secret. I just think uh, this was just his, him putting on a performance uh, in concert and it was part of that story. And and it made made for a good story it, instead of saying, this is, I'm the last man standing in my second man. You know, it just didn't sound as good, you know? So but that's, it, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. At MetLife 3, He's now saying that Castiles was my first band except for this other band that he's not mentioned for nine months until very, very recently. He's now, and he did this radio show. There's some connection between him doing this radio show with his old bandmates and him adding to that piece of the story. And it could be a permanent ad or it could be because they were there in the building. It was a Jersey show. It was Matt Life Stadium. So maybe he knew the rogues were in the building. I gotta, I gotta talk yeah, to them. Maybe, maybe someone from the rogues was blackmailing him and said, "Hey, we're gonna out you. I'm gonna write a book if you I don't got, come I clean." Pictures and audio. <laughs> you were a rogue. Yeah, uh, but I uh, like hearing about. It. I wish he would have talked even more about that because you know I'm always interested in in his in the bands he was in in the early days and all that early music and that we hardly have anything of and i wish he'd release but i wish he would have talked more about and you know getting kicked out of the rogues like he didn't discuss that at all on the radio well, show a little bit no he did he brought he said he was kicked out because his guitar was too cheap and they found a guitar player who had a higher end guitar had a nicer more expensive guitar and that was why he was kicked out of the rogues. That was they did they did talk about that. Did anyone there say did they add to that story or you know what? I think somebody said something about the person who took his place and and what he was doing now. But yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. All right. Well, I remember yeah. I, they played I Wanna Hold Your Hand. Yeah. And they played uh Twist and Shout and Louie yeah. Louie, which is Never been one of my favorites. I know Bruce loves Louie Louie, but I have never been a fan of Louie Louie. Yeah, I liked pretty much all of the songs. At least I knew the songs. That was nice. Secret Agent Man. That was that. I, I'm that Bruce's. Uh, uh, what's that? The spy. I I spy beeper that tells. What's that? What's that song? Oh, I got I a double O seven watching. It's a oh. one and only. What's that called? I'm a rocker. I'm a rocker is inspired by Secret Agent Man. He mentions the song. He mentions it by name. Don't call James Bonder Secret Agent Man. I mean, there was no character Secret Agent Man except for in that song, that '60s song. I always thought that verse re just just referred to 007 as a Secret Agent Man, but uh, maybe or, I guess you're right. The word or so, uh, uh, Jay, don't call James Bond or Secret Agent Man. Secret Agent Man is the guy from the song. They're giving you a number and they've taken away your name. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I'm trying to think what else was played. Um, I know what there was a four top song, and I can't think of a lot of Beatles, a lot of Stones. Beatles and the Stones, yeah. Uh, last time, did they play This Will Be the Last Time? Yes. Oh, and, and The Animals, too. He played some of uh, yeah. uh, The Animals, uh, one, the one that Bruce used to play. Well, they it's mentioned my life. It's My Life. They didn't play It's My Life? I thought they did. I Did they play? Because I know he mentioned it, and he's, uh, and but I could swear they played a different song, but maybe it was It's My Life. Um, I, I thought it was It's My Life. And then when the show came to a close, at the very beginning, first he starts off by saying, by say, by admitting that he is our favorite rock star. He goes, it's your favorite rock star. But then he throws in uh, with a hell of a bellyache. 
And I'm not sure if he was saying, I'm your favorite rock star and I have a hell of a bellyache, or if he was just saying he knows that he's our favorite rock star who does happen to have a, you know, that that there's some contest between belly aching rock stars and he's the top of, of that category. Well, he is our favorite rock star. He is. And I like to hear him like when he's proud enough to admit it and not be shy about it. He said, uh, yeah. it's your favorite rock star with a hell of a belly ache. And then at the end of the show, he did like kind of a shout out, an apology the, for to the, all the people that have been inconvenienced by the cancellations and that he is still hurting. And they said they just recorded this two weeks ago in that article. It was three weeks ago because we met a week ago and you read that article that said he had recorded it two weeks ago. So it's three weeks ago now. Uh, but three weeks ago, he was saying he was still, he said he's better, but it, he's still in a lot of really crazy pain that he wasn't prepared for or expecting. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. I mean, I would hope so. I wouldn't hope he's in pain, but I would hope that it's not over because why would he need six months off if he, if he's not? So I assume this is an ongoing issue that, uh, that he needs uh, a, lot of, a lot of time to recover. And well, he re just recovery, said, you would hope that he wouldn't have to be symptomatic all the way, you know, that if he's still I mean, showing I, I, symptoms. I would assume he is because, you know, if you're not, if you're free of symptoms, uh, which are, which is this really, really bad stomach, uh, stomach ache, then you would think you'd be able to tour. So I'm assuming he's gonna, he's in pain, um, not constantly, but you know, enough where he can't go out on tour. Well, there's also, and you that. don't want it to come back from added stress. And so there has to be a balance of time where you are, you're not, you're not symptomatic, but you're still healing. You're still getting stronger. Yeah. And um, uh, Steve Van Zandt did mention something. It was very quick, but I think he did an interview and someone asked him about Bruce's condition, and he just said that he's on the mend. And it was the exact same where he's reading Bruce's press releases. That's the exact same word Bruce put out. I'm on the mend. I look forward to seeing you next year. I'm on the mend. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it was not uh, really news, but uh, yeah, something that maybe he didn't say he was on the mend, but something like he's he's doing better or he's you know, getting better wasn't uh yeah but i don't know we uh that's the bruce the world this time. week man it's uh, we got canadian dates we got a new radio show and then that's it the rest is kind of quiet here's something else this week uh remember when the uh, you you have streaming sticks right you have access to netflix and amazon and all those services right yes all right, so no nukes came out a couple years back. Like that was two years ago, right? Or was oh it God, only was a it year ago? Maybe it was only a year ago. If that that would make me pissed off even more. I. It might have been two years. Ago. It might have been, and, and actually, I think that might have been the last release. Well, I purchased, and I never buy the Amazon streaming video where it's rent or buy i might rent it and watch it a couple times in the 48 hours but i never buy for the extra four bucks or five bucks where you get to keep it and watch it anytime but i did for no nukes it was like 10 bucks wanted to see it right away it was a few days before there were any physical copies and uh and nobody was selling it as a download you couldn't download it you could only stream it so uh so i bought the legendary 1979 no nukes high def film on Amazon bought, not rented. And I've seen it show up when I'm looking for stuff to watch. I see it show up in my list of my videos and stuff, but I have my own copy of it now. And uh, I never watch it streaming. But this morning, before we were getting ready to come on, I was like, ah, you know, convenient. I'll just throw no nukes up there on the TV on the Amazon Fire Stick, and it's gone. It's not in my library. And I went looking for it, 
and there's no record of it. Oh, they'll sell it to me again for $9.99, but it's gone. I did a Google search and I found out that that's common. And even though there's not a time limit, that if they lose the rights, they can take that if they lose the right to resell it, then they take it away from anyone who they resold it to. Oh, and and but they're still selling it. They have wow. it available for $9.99. Anyway, uh that kind of pissed me off this morning. Anyone who bought no nukes, put in the comments. Can you still watch it if you bought it streaming on iTunes or Amazon or Google Play or wherever you get your videos? I get mine at Amazon. And mine is gone. It's just gone. Well, that is, yeah, that's horrible. I, as you know, I have it on DVD, so I, they can't take it from me. Do you have it on Blu-ray or DVD? DVD. Oh, that's not even in high def. I, you know, I'm, in, I'm you know, you know me. You can uh, watch, you can watch Maddie's. Maddie's, Maddie's got a high def copy. You can watch his copy on, uh, on his Plex. Oh, okay. Um, it's a hell of a difference. Hell of a difference. It looks so much better. That was a that was a great release by Bruce, and it may be the last release we've had in that genre of concert releases and stuff. Because uh, you don't count the Soul release. Covers album as even a release. No, no. I'm talking about something like No Nukes. Um you know, a concert DVD, something that he very rarely puts out. And um, I don't know why we haven't seen tracks too. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. I, if we don't get anything from now until the start of the tour, I'll be very surprised um, just as a, a fan. I just don't, I wouldn't, it baffles my mind. Well, I've given you a million theories. And uh, yeah, I know I've heard your theories and you know, you may be right, but I I don't care. I don't think it matters those theories they when don't. it comes right no. down to it. Because Bruce can do whatever he wants. And um and he does. Yeah, so I just don't I don't I don't understand it. I um but uh and as far as the um the first Friday releases of Nugs, I think you that time has passed uh, this month. And um, so we have not seen anything for some reason. We, we don't know why that is. You would think he'd release something, um, you know, the Nugs would be able to release a show because they've got so many shows to choose from. Um, whose job is it? When they can't, you know, first of all, they put the they put the series on hold. They didn't say it was canceled. They said, we'll put it on. We're putting it on hold because we're going to be releasing a whole shitload of new fresh shows. Yes. And then those shows were actually supposed to still be going on. All right. There were none in October, but there were some in uh, September and November and December. So their plan was to completely continue to put out new shows and yes. not deal with any old shows and uh so to all of a sudden switched gears just because he's sick and they canceled shows whose job in the organization is it to say oh well let's turn the archive series back on it's just it's, not I, a priority I'll tell, I'll tell you whose job it is it's john landau's job now that six months is going to go by with no releases Here's the Let's thing. Let's release man. something. Let's turn the, the Nugs thing back on. That's not unreasonable. Here's the thing. Nugs doesn't release their numbers. I don't know how many they sell. They sell bands you've never heard of, man. And they and it's worth it because for the cost involved, it brings in revenue. They sell Billy Strings. You ever hear of Billy Strings? No. How about String Cheese Incident? You ever hear a string cheese incident? No. Okay, these are bands that Nug sells. They don't sell a lot of copies, but they sell it, and it's profitable because these bands have a fan base that want every show, and they buy every show, and it's worth it to them. Springsteen, they only want to hear about if it's a billion dollars. They don't want to hear about it. Landau's job 
is not to put out on an, an, another Nugs release, man. That the money is just much lower than a tracks two, which they're gonna do the way they want to do it with a big promotional push and a huge, you know, uh, uh, you know, tour of not not concert tour, but tour of television and radio. And by the last release, he did podcast for his book and stuff. He did probably do. He was on that. He was on Conan's podcast and he was on Mark Marin's podcast. You know, does a real huge push for a new release. And that's Landau speed. He's not going, oh, Bruce is sick. Let's get a nugs out there because Aaron and Tom are thirsty for no, that's, something I, new. I don't, think, I don't know why money would have anything to do with it. This is something that was ongoing and it stopped. It was put on hold, like you said, when the tour started. So all I'm saying is why not just press the pause button, you know, again and really continue to release what was being released already. Well, because what I don't think it's to... as simple as pressing the pause button. And, you know why? It's, it's the the files that that they mix from on archive releases are not the same as what's being re- what, what they're recording now is made to go to Alt Schiller's computer and be mixed by him and you know he puts out fish shows in one night the same night they play the show like four hours later you can download their show bruce is a little slower probably a lot of it has to do with him needing to review every show and approve it but another part of it is fish has four instruments what you're talking about is the current tour those were already released no i'm talking about right but that's what they're geared to do they were planning on doing a whole rack of November shows and December shows to just ter- change gears and start working from old recordings and old tapes again is a whole nother thing. I don't know what their contract with John Altshiller is. He's working fish right now. He's doing fish shows every night. There's eight you don't of think them. They have at least, you don't think they have at least a few that are done? No. No. By the way, they have come out late. So many times they've hit first Friday most of the time, but they've been one, two, three weeks late, sometimes even into the next month, uh, multiple times. And I think that has to do with the fact that, no, they don't have a surplus of them ready to go, that they're working on them the month that they release it. And it comes out that month, you know, and that, that one comes out. I don't think they have anything in the vault ready to go. Uh, that's, that'd be hard to believe. I believe it. Okay. All right. So I saw an article this week that mentions something that uh, you had brought up when Bruce started canceling the shows. This was before the huge cancellation, but he had canceled a few shows before. And uh, you mentioned that it costs a lot of money. And this is not a decision he would have made unless something was very serious with his health. Um, and the article says that each cancellation costs at least a million dollars. Sure, sure. I would th- I would think it could be more. I mean, it depends if it cancels or reschedules. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would think a reschedule would be at least a million, and a cancel would be far, far more than that. And... A lot of it's not up to Bruce Springsteen because they carry insurance so that they don't lose on things like that. And uh, and it's the ins- in order for the insurance company to pay out on a, on a claim, you have to follow their guidelines. And that is, you know, doctor said he couldn't play as late as I, you know, why people go, why didn't you tell us last night before I got on the plane? You know, that it was canceled if you were because they didn't make that decision till the last minute, because even if they knew, you know, unless they absolutely were 100 percent cleared on the insurance rider that uh, that they were going to get the payout, they would have to wait. Even if they know there's no way it's going on, they can't just tell people it's canceled because they need that. They need to dot their T's and cross their I's because it's millions of dollars. It's a lot of money. And then the fans on those fan sites, the conspiracy nuts, the ones who always have something to complain and cry about, they're like, oh, Philly didn't sell enough tickets. 
So they are rescheduling it for more time to sell more tickets. If it didn't sell enough tickets, it ain't going to sell enough to cover their loss on the reschedule. People, man, where they, where did they pull that? I'm glad there was an article that backed up what, I, what I've been saying, that there's a huge cost in changing the date of a show, especially last minute like that, like they did to people in... What was the show that can't well, Philly cancel day of the show, right? And then Syracuse was it Syracuse that was canceled after the stage went up? I can't remember. Me either. But, and I feel sorry for people that I've been there. I've gone to shows that were canceled after I arrived. Far away shows. I've never gotten on a plane and found out it was canceled when I got there, but I've driven seven hours and five hours to shows that did not go off and it's not unique to any artist it happens they get sick but they can't just cancel it's a big thing it's a big deal to cancel millions of dollars people act like it's canceling jimmy's birthday party you know that you know how much that costs if you got a kid and you got a deposit down at some Chuck E. cheese place and you got to cancel, you're going to lose your $2,000 deposit, right? That's just your little family where you're like eight kids that are coming to your kid's party. This is 20,000 people who spent hundreds of dollars on their tickets. The tickets got to be refunded. They've got to be transferred. It's crazy. It's a nightmare. The logistics are terrible. Then everybody gets down on Ticketmaster. But the logistic they, they provide are amazing it couldn't be done without Ticketmaster. how could you how can you sort through and get all those refunds processed resell yeah. the tickets if it's a reschedule resell the tickets because people will cancel a lot of people are talking about canceling and not waiting a year yeah this is uh it's just so strange that it's so far off the uh the rescheduled shows and um I don't know. You, Phoenix is March 19th, man. And we are already halfway through October. You are talking about four and a half months is Phoenix. Maddie says he's coming for a Vegas Phoenix excursion. He's going to come visit me in Vegas. And we're going to fly over to Phoenix for one night and see the Phoenix show. Uh, because he can't wait a year for these Canadian shows. He's going to get his passport situation situated and he's going to plan on coming to Vegas for March. You should make it here too. Come on down to Vegas. We'll do a live show. Well, I may. And um, there is a show coming up February 26th. Is that what we said? Um, I think we said February 26th. Oh, I think it was February 24th. You're talking about a show in Tampa. I won't be at that. February 24th. February 24th. Um, nothing to do with Bruce, so I'm sorry, but it's, uh, I thought I'd bring it up. But uh, Billy Joel is playing at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, where the, where the Tampa Bucks play. And uh, what's special about it is he's playing one show only with Sting. So I'm thinking um, about going. I've never seen Sting, but I've seen Billy Joel a few times. So uh sounds like a good Bill. He usually does a team up when he plays with a headliner. When Billy Joel plays with a headliner as an opener, they usually team up. He just did a team up with uh with uh I think he did the Tom Petty part with Stevie Nicks on her hit with Stevie Nicks. I think right. he came out during her set and played the time. Stop, he, he always stop dragging he, my heart around. Right. But I think that was the song they did together and uh, did it during her set. And I don't know if she came back out during his, but he usually does a team up when he's got a headliner opener. I'm sure Sting is opening for Billy Joel, right? Billy Joel's the bigger ticket. Yeah, well, I don't know. It hasn't given details and we'll have nothing to. Since it's his own, the only time, the only show with the two of them, we won't know. It's not like. You know, we have anything to to look at. Um, I think it's Billy. It's it's being it's being billed as Billy Joel and Sting, and I think it's going to be Sting then Billy Joel. Billy Joel still he's a bigger act. Billy Joel oh. is a top 
tier act. Sting, I guess Sting is the time, you know, Sting's a headliner. It's two headliners. There's no doubt. But I think Stevie Nicks opened for Billy Joel. Billy Joel Plitt was the was the headliner on those Stevie Nicks uh concerts. I am almost positive. Well, at least we'll uh hopefully hear the good Sting songs because since it'll be such a shortened set, because you know, they're doing basically half. I assume half uh, Billy Joel, half Sting, and it's going to be uh, so now instead of uh, thirty greatest hits by Billy Joel, I guess we'll hear fifteen greatest hits by Billy Joel. And I bet it's not split like that. I bet it's longer than than usual because both are headliner acts. But I bet Sting is a lot shorter than his usual set, and Billy Joel is pretty much his usual set. That's what I'm going to bet. We'll we'll break it back out in February and see how right I was. But yeah, I think I saw Sting open for the Grateful Dead. He played 45 minutes. The Grateful Dead played two full sets, their regular show. He was opening for them. I know this is a double headliner, and that wasn't. He was opening for them. But uh, in that 45 minutes, 20 minutes was from his new album. One, you know, I saw it like six times because I used to go to a lot of Grateful Dead shows. So I remember one song from that album, even though it's not a memorable album. It was. Uh, it was called My Love is Better Than Justice or My Love is Stronger Than Justice. And it was like a country-esque Sting song that nobody knows except deadheads who saw Sting like 12 times on that one summer tour where he opened for them. Maybe Bruce will show up in Tampa and play the river with Sting, just like the old days. You know the connection between Bruce and Billy Joel, aside from the few times they've been on stage together, uh, Billy Joel built his motorcycle. Billy Joel, but Bruce bought his motorcycle. It's a handmade motorcycle built by Billy Joel. And I don't know if he has a crew or if it's just him. If he's, I don't know a lot about motorcycles. I don't know if Billy Joel built it by hand by himself or he's got a crew that he works with. But that's how the story goes that, that Bruce has a, a Billy Joel original motorcycle. Yeah, Billy Joel owns the shop. He doesn't actually do the building. No. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know the details so, yeah, of that. It's 74 years old. I also don't know how old you can be and still... I mean, I imagine a lot of the work putting together a motorcycle is sitting down. <laughs> yeah. It's hard getting up. It's hard getting up at our age. <laughs> that is true. Speaking of motorcycles, I was really hoping to finally talk about Sons of Anarchy this week with, you know, uh, both you and Maddie recommend I watch this show. We were talking about um, Adam raised a cane and uh, and Maddie got real excited because it was used on the final episode of Sons of Anarchy. And I mentioned I'd never seen it and you both raved about it. And so I over the last like five weeks, binge watched the entire series, seven years of Sons of Anarchy. And I was all prepared to talk about it, but I kind of want to save it for when Maddie's here, because for, if I understand, I know you've seen it a couple times all the way through, and I've seen it all the way through once very recently. What I understand is Maddie has Springsteen here and Sons of Anarchy here as far as his obsessions that he is as nuts about sons of anarchy as he has Springsteen. And I don't want him to miss our sons of anarchy discussion. So I'm giving it one more week. If he doesn't show up by next week, me and you're going to talk about this very silly, very violent and really addictive because boy, man, it keeps you on the edge of your seat and coming back. But God, so ridiculous so ridiculous i really i want to talk about all seven seasons at least the highlights of sons of anarchy maybe we'll make that a special edition of the the only connection to bruce springsteen is the one use of the one song in the final episode there's no but you know it was it was a great show i watched it in real time uh, i believe it was 2007 that that show came out and uh, I've only seen it once. I watched it every week, and uh, it was great. I thought you had said you had seen it through a second time, but uh, that's a different way. I watched Breaking Bad that way from the very beginning, one week at a time. 
with the nine months in between seasons because they're short seasons. And uh, it's a different experience than when you can just watch the next one, watch the next one, watch the next one. And, you know, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but, uh, you know, people who watch a show, it takes them seven years to watch it can really get a fine appreciation. Yeah. I, I, it's not the type of show I'd want to see again. Um, It was, it was, it was very good, but it was so intense that I don't think I'd want to see it again, but um, other shows for some reason, for some reason, other shows I could watch over like Breaking Bad and The Sopranos and Better Call Saul. And I could see them over, over and over, but not uh, Sons of Anarchy. I just don't have any um, interest in seeing it again, but it was. Here's here's the other thing about watching it year by year, episode by episode. Often where now, if you're binging something that's older or made to be binged where they release the whole season, you can watch the next one's available and the next one's available and the next one's available and you can always watch the next one. But when I was watching Breaking Bad over seven years, week by week, sometimes I'd watch this week, last week's episode again, the night they were showing the new episode to refresh my memory. So I, I and then sometimes right before season three started, I'd start watching season one and two again to refresh. So man, season one of breaking bad. I saw so many, a lot more than I saw season five, even though season five is probably a much better season. I've seen season season five, like a couple times, but season one, Oh my God, I've seen it so many times. I watched it uh, like before season three, before season four, before season five, I watched you know, I, I caught up and watched them all again, right. You know, it's coming up in a month. They're releasing the new season. Let's start uh, watching the old season again. And, uh, you know, you don't do that when 75 episodes are already available. You just kind of watch the next one, watch the next one, watch the next one. All right. Well, I guess uh, that's about it for Bruce News this week. I think that's the show. So until next week, this is the world's greatest Springsteen podcast with Fisherman and Tom. Say goodnight, Tom. Good night, everyone. And from me and from Maddie, the world's greatest Springsteen podcast loves you. We love you!